back to the Big Husband Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan West, bringing you guys another episode here, telling you all like I always do, thank you for being a part of the work that we're doing. If you've been with us for any length of time, then you know what we're all about here. We're here to help you as a man live on mission in your marriage. And today is no different than any other day. We're going to be talking about habits to maintain a godly sex life, a sex life that the Lord is pleased with, a sex life that is happening, that is in motion, that's alive, that's vibrant, it's good, and it's holy, right? And I'm getting in your business today. I'm going to get in your business today, man. I'm going to get in your business because, and, and we've talked about some of these things before. Uh, don't make any mistake about that. This is nothing new for our podcast, but we're going to kind of get into maybe some detail that we haven't gone into before. And, I, and I'm doing this because I care about this. I care about this a lot because the reality of the situation is, is that uh, our relationships are with our wives, our marriages are certainly more than a sexual relationship, but they're not less than that. Sex is a part of the deal. And it's a thing that is not just for procreation, although that's a big piece of it, but it's also for the attachment. It's also for the joy of husband and wife, for the two to become one flesh. And there's so much working against us out there and in our own hearts, in the world and in our own flesh that that works against us to undermine this good thing that God's given us. And it's a sex drive. It's it's the it's the desire to want to be with our wives in this way. And so I've outlined three habits that I think are going to be key and have been key for me anyway to maintain a healthy and godly sex life. So number one is to avoid porn. Avoid any and all porn. Now, that's obvious. We talk about this frequently. But I think that one of the things that maybe we don't get into as much is that we live in a very hyper-sexualized, pornographic culture, right? Like the reality of the situation is we're probably, you know, on a scale of one being absolutely no pornographic influence to 10 being like hyper-intense, hardcore pornography, we sit probably at a five on any given day. Right. Because of commercials that we see, the way that people dress in the gym, the uh, women, particularly the way that women dress in the gym and, and men, too. Right. Men like to flex and things like that. Um, we exist in kind of like a five, generally speaking. And so our threshold for what we consider pornographic is actually pretty high. Right. Like we might see five in a situation and feel like, you know, we're OK. Right. We're in the gym. Oh, it's just a gym. It's not that big of a deal. Like, I don't really need to, you know, be careful what I'm what I'm consuming, be careful what I'm around. And the reality of the situation is, is that that numbs us to what porn actually is. And so, for example, a lot of people myself included have watched shows like Game of Thrones. Right. We've watched shows like, uh, you know, the new show on, on, on TV is Bridgerton. Right. When we see these shows and we know that there's nudity in it and because it's not hardcore. Right. Because many of us have seen actual porn. Many of us that have listened to this podcast before we've seen actual porn. And so what we see on TV is light. Right. So oh, it's just light porn. You know, it's 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 a seven. It's a six. It's really I mean, it's really not that intense. Right. But all the while, we're moving the goalpost. And when we move that goalpost, what happens, see what happens in our brain, and you guys know this too, um, is this hormone called dopamine. 
And dopamine is the excitement hormone. It's the hormone that you get from being, you know, getting that like on IG from that picture that you thought was really good looking of you or that post that you wrote that was really insightful. Whatever the thing is, you get a hit of dopamine when you see that red flash up on your screen or when you see people interacting with you, when you see a text message that you have. It's a dopamine hit. The same hormone is released when you see uh, anything novel, anything new, anything exotic, right? And so when you see X girl at the gym, right? Whoever that girl is, or when you see that girl at the workplace in the office, or when you see that girl uh, online on IG, right? A fitness model, right? Because you, you, you're trying to be fit. You're trying to look up workouts for your wife, right? And so you follow fitness girls on IG or you're a photographer and you say, you know, I just really want to, you know, make sure that I'm taking good photos, right? I want to make sure that I'm getting good angles. This is just inspiration. This is just my art. <laughs> when you get into that zone, what you're actually doing is you're demean, you're, you're depleting, excuse me, your dopamine response. So when you see those things over and over and over again, right? Moving that goalpost over and over and over again, you will not have the same excitement because your dopamine receptors are so burnt out and so exhausted that when you see your wife naked in front of you, perhaps ready to go, perhaps just getting ready for work, but what used to turn you on because it was exciting, it was novel, it was new, it was something that you weren't seeing that often, a naked female body and one that you get to enjoy because you married her. Now that you've depleted that dopamine, you're looking at her like, meh, you know, I could, I could take it or leave it, right? And as a result, you're not pursuing her. You're not, you're not looking to see how you can get that thing going, how you can get that engine turning, how you can make that deal happen. You're not having to work, right? You're not having to exhaust your own resources to romance a woman to see her like that anymore. You can just do it by a click of the button. And that not only reduces your drive for your wife, but your drive in general, because it's all easy, right? And you don't want to see your wife as mad, <laughs> okay? You don't want to look at your wife standing there being vulnerable with you naked and be unmoved by that. You don't want to get to that place. Right. Because there's all kinds of implications with that. There's erectile dysfunction that happens with things like that. There's uh, performance anxiety that comes with things like that. There's all of these different factors that will impede your ability to be able to enjoy what God has given you in the marriage bedroom. And so what I say is not just avoid porn as in, you know, you know, P-Hub. Right. You know what I'm talking about when I say P-Hub, the website not just avoiding that particular website and all the other particular websites, but I would even say unfollow these IG models that you got, right? Unfollow even the guide models, right? Because a lot of times the way that the algorithm is set up is that you'll have, um, like you'll, you'll follow a, a guy fitness model, right? And he'll like feature a girl. And then it ends up when you go to the explore page that that girl or some girls that do fitness IG are in your algorithm, right? And then you get caught down that rabbit trail, right? You're looking and you're seeing and you know how this goes. And so what I advise you to do is, is what I've done. And that is, I don't follow any male fitness people. I don't follow any female fitness people. I don't really follow any females that are, uh, 
just doing IG for their aesthetics that are just showing off how beautiful they are. Right. I'll follow, you know, some female accounts that are, you know, actually doing good writing or doing some kind of art. That's generally the kinds of females that I will follow. Other than that, I don't really follow them unless they're friends. And even and even then, <laughs> even then, you know, you know, you've got that you've got one of your one of your wife's friends that is uh, that is that is not uh, particularly uh, modest. We'll just leave it at that. Not particularly modest. Might 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 set up some traps, right? And she's may not trying to trap you or trying to get attention from you, but she might be trying to get attention from someone else, and you just happen to see. Stop. Just don't follow. Unfollow, right? Because the reality of the situation is, is that you have to be the guardian of your sexual desire, and the only way that you can do that is you avoid any and all things that are on that spectrum. If it's honestly, man, this is just me keeping it real. If it's not a one, you don't need to be following it. Bottom line, bottom line, as as, as a man that is trying to cultivate a healthy and godly sex wife with his with his wife, you're running a huge risk even at a two or a three because you're going to constantly be comparing. You're going to constantly being fed other images of other women and again what is new what is novel what is exciting what shows up on your feed brand new today you didn't even have to work to see something like that now is on your feed at the push of a button and you train your brain to expect that and you train your brain out of being attracted to your actual physical naked wife in front of you don't do it this is me Look, that's just me talking. That's just me being honest and me trying to put you on game. If you don't like it, that's okay. I'm just trying to help you out. That's the first point. Avoid any and all porn. And I mean anything that leans that direction. Anything that leans that direction. That includes thirst traps, IG models, and uh, the actual pornography. Actual pornographic websites. Number two, let's replace small talk with flirting, right? Okay. Small talk's important, right? How you doing? How's your day? How you feeling? Did you make it to work? Okay. All of that. Great. Keep that going. But I want you to just, I want you to, I want you to kind of tap into who you were when you were in high school. Okay. I want you to kind of tap into who you were maybe in college when, when, when you guys were dating or when you were dating perhaps another woman. I want you to tap into that way that you were who were you back then were you the guy that was doing a lot of small talk or were you the guy that's saying a little something flirtatious hey you look good today hey you know the the, the, the classic will smith uh was that on fresh prince of bel-air what did he say he said uh girl you look so good i wish you had some seeds so i could grow a whole field of y'all <laughs> you know what i'm saying and this is corny it's corny, but but it's but it's it's the the position, it's the it's the it's the mood, it's the mindset to say, I want to invite you into intimacy here. I, I want to lead this conversation in a direction that's gonna gonna stir up some emotion in you. That's gonna stir up some emotion in both of us, right? And you want to do that on a regular basis. You don't want to just have small talk, right? We're not talking about the kids, nine, you know, in, uh, the the uh, 
the whole day, right? My whole nine to five. I'm not talking about the kids in between our texts with, with, with you all day. I'm not talking about the bills. I'm not talking about the appointments. All, all of that. We'll address that at the business meeting. But right now, right now, I want to talk to you about something else. Right now, I want to talk with you about how you were looking earlier today. Right now, I want to talk with you how I want you to be looking when we go out on our date this weekend. Right? And just really set the tone for the intimacy, man. Because one of the things that gets lost a lot of times in our relationships is we get to this place where we become roommates. We get to this place where we're doing all the execution and none of the romance. And you see, there's there's two different kinds of love that are present in a marriage. There is the love, and, and let me explain this. The Greeks had like seven different kinds of love that they identified. And a lot of what is articulated in scripture, a lot of what we see in scripture is um, we see pragma, which is husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church, right? Pragma is that kind of love that's that's duty-based, right? That you're, you're a man that's going to take care of his responsibilities. He's going to provide for his household. He's going to make sure that his wife is being cared for from a financial and physical protection standpoint, right? No emotion necessarily involved in this. It's just duty-based, and that's important. But then there's another kind of love that we talk about. It's it's in Song of Solomon. And I'm not going to read you any part of Song of Solomon. That's kind of weird for, <laughs> I'm not, I mean, it's not weird, but, but I'm just not going to read that to you. That's romance poetry. But but I encourage you to read Song of Solomon and to read how the, the man is interacting with the woman, how he's speaking to her, how he's talking about her, right? There's not this duty-based conversation right uh, we got to make sure we get the kids today we got to make sure that this is in place so that can go there and oh we save them for retirement oh you know we got the vacation coming up oh so and so's birthday's coming up that is the time and a place for business meetings but the reality is is that in order to keep that engine going you got to do something different primarily you can't be doing the business meetings all day stroll up home right cook your dinner or she maybe has cooked dinner for you and you sit down at the table and you eat and then you reach over late at night for a breast grab and expect something to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen, boss. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to happen. Why, Jonathan? Why is it not going to happen? Jonathan, I've been, I've been working all day. Doesn't she know I love her just because I worked all day? She knows you pragma. She knows that you love her from a duty-based standpoint, but she doesn't know that you want her you've not communicated that you've not acted like that she needs to know that you want her you understand what i'm talking about that you want her <laughs> okay and i don't need to get into detail but she you need to be kind of moving like that's what you're really about right coming up behind her right kissing her neck right coming up behind her maybe you know pinching her butt <laughs> okay i'm gonna just put it out there man y'all know what i'm talking about you, you 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 need to be acting as though she's the one that you want flirt with your wife talk to her like she is a woman that you desire not a roommate that you split the bills with <laughs> okay 
We got to do that. And, I, and I'm guilty of this, man. I'll get so focused because everything I got going on, I'll get so focused on execution, execution, execution. And I will completely forget to love on my wife in that way. So one of the things that we started doing is I started inviting my wife to wrestling matches and said, hey, tonight we're going to have fun. And look, look, I ain't getting pornographic on here, okay? But I'll say, hey, tonight me and you going to wrestle. And so we wrestle and we have fun and maybe that leads to something, right? But maybe it doesn't. But but we're being physical with each other, right? We're playing with each other. We're, we're, we're allowing ourselves to be, uh, even if we're not having sex, to be sexual with each other in some way. And that's key to keeping, again, the fire going, keeping that eros going, because that's what that other love is, right? And I, I may not have mentioned that. The other love that's involved in a marriage, right? We talked about pragma. Pragma is the duty-based, get the things done, execution, business relationship of marriage. And then there's the relational relationship marriage, the romance part of marriage, the seductive and sexual part of marriage. And that love that embodies that is called eros. The Greeks called it eros. And that's what Song of Solomon is primarily trying to articulate is eros. And both are important to a marriage. Don't hear me say you can just do the eros and not do anything related to pragma, right? You can't just be all romance and not be doing your work too, right? Appointments have to be made, right? The kids got to be dropped off. You know what I'm saying? Bills have to be paid. So that's important too. But I'm just saying that in regards to maintaining a healthy sex life, that's not going to pay the bills, boss. <laughs> what pays what pays the bills from a pragma standpoint is not paying the bills in the Eros department. OK, you're going to have to you know what I'm saying? You got to work your game a little bit. You, you, you got to do some flirting. You got to get back to, again, the way that it was before the obligations came. Talk as though. The obligations don't matter in that moment. All that matters is that you want her and that you are trying to stir her up in such a way where she wants you. Flirt with your wife. Replace small talk with flirting. Do more flirting than small talk. Number three, <laughs> number three, lift weights regularly. I've said this before and I'll say it again. She is attracted to the fact that you are strong and big she likes that okay now that doesn't necessarily mean that she wants you to look like arnold schwarzenegger doesn't necessarily mean she needs you to look like channing tatum but it does mean that she wants to see that you have some physical strength that your physicality is powerful is something that she can uh, enjoy something that she could relax with right so Lifting weights regularly does this. It builds yourself up physically, right? It, it changes your body composition, right? When you lift weights, you're burning fat at the same time as you're building muscle. Now, now I say that, right? And that's a little bit, that's a little bit incorrect scientifically. What actually happens is as you build muscle, muscle burns fat more efficiently. So nine times out of 10, the more muscular you are, the less fat you will be, the less fat that you'll have on your body and the more and the stronger you get as well as a result of that. All of this is developed 
in the gym, right? And what's also developed in the gym is the ability for you to make a decision and to grow and to act. As a man, what she wants to see is that you are willing to go get what it is that's necessary, what it is that she needs, what it is that you need. And you waking up early or you, you know, going to bed late because you're taking time to take care of your physical body, taking time to be a good steward over that shows that you are disciplined enough to take care of what needs to be taken care of, to make it happen, right? No excuses, right? That gets her feeling all kind of ways, okay? <laughs> it gets her feeling all kind of ways, man. And, and again, it's not... It is the the physical appearance that changes, but it's also the, the the idea that her man is a man, that her man is taking care of business, that her man is disciplined and that he's he's got some level of stoicism to him. He's, he's going to get the job done and he's powerful and he's a presence and he's a he's a force to be reckoned with. This is important. Because, as again, as you build your body up this way, right, you're also increasing that testosterone. And what does that testosterone do? You guys know we talk about it all the time. What does that testosterone do? That testosterone is the key ingredient that makes you a man fundamentally. It increases that sex drive. It increases that ambition, that drive to build, right, the thumos. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what the Greeks called thumos. It's that passionate existence to go out there and do what you need to do. It's important. So lift weights regularly. And then the last bit, I, this is a bonus one. So these, those were the main three, but there's a bonus one that I was just reflecting on. I was just thinking about. And I think what a lot of us don't do is we're not honest with our wives about our desire for sex. We're not honest about it. So we'll we'll skirt around it. We won't say that we want sex, but we'll try to do nice things so that we can get sex, right? Maybe it's doing the dishes, right? Maybe it's folding the socks. Maybe it's giving back rubs or foot rubs or whatever the thing is. Doing all this serving and pleasing behavior, expecting, without communicating, by the way, and expecting that she's just going to magically know that we want to have sex with her, <laughs> That's not fair to her, man. When did she sign that contract? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When did when did she sign the contract that said if you do dishes then she will give you sex? I'll wait. You see what I'm saying? It, it it's it's what and I, I was reading this book and it's, it's a really good book. Uh, it's by Robert Glover. And it's uh it, it it's it's called No More Mr. Nice Guy. And it's got some language in it that I don't agree. And, and some of the premise of the stuff is not biblical at all. But it's got this really interesting idea that nice guys operate on a, a covert contract. And a covert contract is a contract that's in disguise. It's a it's a contract that says if I'm nice and I do everything for everybody without ever communicating what it is that I really want, then everyone will give me what I really want. And that's nothing could be further from the truth. If you want to have sexual relationships with your wife, you need to communicate that to her. Why? Because number one, it's probably not on her radar. The way that men and women are designed, she's not thinking about sex nearly as much as you're thinking about sex. Take, take how much you think about sex, then reduce it by about 75, maybe 95%. <laughs> that may be an exaggeration. 
but reduce it a lot because her sex drive is cyclical, right? She's more inclined at certain points in the month to be interested in sex and in certain times in her life, for that matter, to be interested in sex. And you're inclined every day, right? She gets an egg released once a month. You get sperm created every second. You understand that? You guys are not the same. And so you've got to treat her differently. You've got to treat her sex drive differently. It's going to take a little bit more effort. And it's going to take you being honest with her about what it is that you're looking for, what it is that, that you like about her, what it is that, that, again, gets you going. And this goes back to that, that second point of flirting with her. It needs to be regular and it needs to be transparent. I want you, girl. <laughs> I think you look great. Do more of that and be honest about it. And if she says no, understand understand that there is a lot that needs to be done to get that going. If that's something that you've lost in your relationship, if she's not ready to go, right. If she's not feeling it, if she's got other things on her mind and there, there's something going on in the relationship that you guys might need to discuss and talk about. And that's another podcast topic entirely. But if you've got issues where she's not feeling wanted or feeling desire for you, then you guys are going to have to work through that. But let me say this, that doesn't negate you expressing your desire for her and you being a guy that she could be attracted to, that she could be vulnerable with, that she could be sexual with. So those are what I got. It's important that you cultivate this. It's important that that I continue to cultivate this because right now, um, you know, we're in the house. We got the snow thing going on, uh, and and uh, you know, routine gets gets things boring, gets things stale. And so, what I'm encouraging each one of you guys to do is that if things have gotten to that point, try some of these things out. I mean, see if it works. See if there's there are things that that maybe you can alter that would be able to put the odds in your favor, right? That would be able to get her back in a good, healthy dynamic and rhythm with you sexually. That's all I got, guys. Let me know if this was beneficial at all. Let me know if these things are uh, helpful. Let me know what you guys think. If you guys got anything extra that you would add to this list, hit me up on Instagram. That's at being husband pod. That's at being husband pod on Instagram or send me an email at being husband podcast at Gmail dot com being husband podcast at gmail.com if you found this information helpful leave us a rating and review as well consider doing that today uh, helps us get the algorithm together so that way we can get more men to listen to this because i think that it's valuable and i hope that you guys do too and uh share it share it on ig i'd love for you guys to do that um next week we're going to be having a conversation we're going to be having a conversation on jesus and and who he really was I had a, a really good talk on the Renaissance of Men podcast. And if you guys haven't heard of that podcast, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal podcast done by uh, my friend, quickly becoming my good friend, uh, Will Spencer, William Spencer. And he's got a podcast, again, called Renaissance of Men. And I was able to be on there. And it was a great conversation that he and I had uh, just about 
I mean, we talked about a lot, but one of the things that I want us to get into more on this podcast is just who Jesus was. Cause I think a lot of people have this idea that he was just a really nice guy or that he was just, you know, some kind of, you know, peace, peace loving hippie kind of sandal wearing guy. And what I really want to kind of articulate in the next few episodes is Jesus as a man of consequence, Jesus as a man of consequence. And so we've got a couple of episodes we're going to release on that. It'll be a series and those will be coming out next week. So I hope you guys will tune in to me then. And it's with that, I always say, guys, take care and build on. Mm-hmm.